gang, there is a movie that's sweeping the nation right now. Um, and it's called Minions, The Rise of Gru. And that is the source of a lot of um, great dialogue and interesting takes. Um, a less good movie uh, that we're going to be talking about, unfortunately, though, is Jordan Peele's Nope. Uh, this is the number one movie in the country currently. Uh, a 4.1 on Letterboxd for all our pretentious movie nerds out there. I think a 98% Rotten Tomatoes. Universally acclaimed. Uh, loved by audiences. Has made a shit ton of money. And is the source of our uh, topics today. So just wanted to start by saying... Um, how excited were you guys going into watching this movie and did it live up to the expectations? Uh, let's start with our friend Corey. Well, well it's funny because I actually, like, when you say was I excited, I don't think I was necessarily excited going in in the way that maybe some of you guys were or the way I would expect most audiences to be. I'm not necessarily like this huge Jordan Peele stan. I think Us and Get Out are both uh, very good movies, but they're I guess I, I probably don't hold them in such a high regard the way others might, but I thought Nope had pretty fun trailers, and uh, I think Jordan Peele's at least earned like our our trust, you know, to kind of just uh, see what what he what's on his mind. So I I obviously knew I was going to see it, and obviously we'll get into this further, but I was absolutely fucking blown away. Like I I absolutely loved it, and I think it's by far the best of his three films so far. And I think I'm, I, this is something I'm still kind of workshopping in my head, but I think it might be the best movie of, of the year so far. It's definitely in my top Get the fuck out of here. I was going to try to like be like, oh, Dane, Samir, what did you guys think? It is the best movie of the year. The, be the best movie of the year. Well, honestly, until I saw <laughs> no, my best movie of the year, and I, I'm not saying this is a joke, my best movie of the year was Jackass, Jackass Forever. Which is a great it, movie. Which, yeah, I mean, it's still in my top three. It's, it's either, and <laughs> Sam's going to love it. To me, the best movie of 2022 is either Nope, Jackass Forever or X, and I'm not sure which one I'm going with. He's oh gonna, like, my god! He's gonna off himself. He he hates that's he hates okay. to yeah, appear. That's to those unbelievable. Words. That's un okay okay. <laughs> Dane, well, what was we, your uh, opinion? Clearly, we had an X episode since we've been recording so much. Yeah. So you can just go listen to that one. Yeah, and yeah. Hear Sam's thoughts yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. No, I and Jackass Forever. Yeah, it actually <laughs> came out the. The the day after the movie came out, we were really on yeah, top we were of right it. on top of it. It was insane. Yeah, yeah if, if, you, if it's not on your streaming yeah. app, then something's wrong with your app. You might want to update it or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, Dane, we've beat this yeah. joke down <laughs> so much. We're about a ten minutes in, and it's been done twelve times. Let's go. <laughs> uh, so I feel very similar with Corey. I, uh, well, I guess not with his first two movies. I thought I love Get Out adore it um with us i thought it was great first time watching it i was over the moon uh second time watching it, i was like okay that that was not as good as i thought it was the first time uh so i was a bit nervous going into this one um but based on the trailers the visuals of it i was definitely more intrigued by it uh as compared to us but i also was was blown away i also think this is his best movie i had so much fun watching it um, I saw it with uh, four other people, and they uh, all also really, really enjoyed it. And it was just a great uh, IMAX experience. Um, I saw it with probably like a half-filled theater, and it was so awesome to hear everyone's reactions. Um, I will say, as not unlike Corey, though, it this isn't my top three, but I don't think it's my number one. And my number one is still every. Everything everywhere all at once. Let's go, Dane. Good um, fucking shit. Let's go. We could maybe talk about that a little bit later, but yes, Nope is in my top three. I really, really loved it. Um, Letterbox solid four and a half stars for me on first viewing. Alrighty, Samir. I don't even, you know, don't even know where to go with this at this point. Where, what did you think of the movie? And I, I think it's safe to say. Uh, Samir, probably before Nope came out, was the biggest Jordan Peele fan of the four of us, right? Yeah, well, I think you asked, like, how excited w was I? And I was going to say very, very, very 
Very. Wow. That's, that's, like, that's an illusion. That's, it's, like it's like great, 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 great. great. Wow. That was... Did you workshop yeah, no, that? Like, there's another very. I did. I did. That was... I have a napkin right here. I have all these written <laughs> down. God, that was um, good. No, I... I... Uh, was excited i was because i saw the trailer and i was like okay this is a really interesting concept and i think you know i think he always releases like the poster like a year or maybe like a couple months before and i was like okay steven yoon is in it kiki palmer daniel kaluuya like a ufo like what's that so i was really intrigued by the concept however i enjoyed the film but i think we have a little bit more of a debate on our hands because I do, I I do think it's a solid film, but I wouldn't say that it's it's it you know surpasses his first two efforts even. And I actually do think it's a little bit overrated. However, um, there's a lot of things like I've, I I <laughs> I have sat on this film like a little bit, and you know I've thought about it and read some some stuff about it. So I have some things to say about it, but I guess to answer the first question, I was very excited going in. Right before Sam talks, I will say I feel like this movie will definitely benefit from multiple viewings. <laughs> I'm seeing it again tomorrow. Okay, well, that's actually that is a great segue because I have seen this film twice. Yeah, uh, but I'm not talking it, about. I you. saw it on. I saw it on. <laughs> not everyone night. is there's multiple viewings. <laughs> yeah, no, you know that's awesome, guys. <laughs> oh, you're so funny. Um, um so i watched i watched this movie on opening night so fucking excited for it um was very lukewarm after the first viewing watched it a second time was willing to admit maybe i had just been in a bad mood was in a great mood going into this film just excited (laughs) you know loving life you know i don't know if you guys have seen i have like a natural shine to myself lately like i'm just am kind of like glowing as of late like quite possibly like looking very feeling good looking good um and i all of this leading up and this movie has ruined all my progression in life i feel like i have no momentum anymore this movie is fucking mid at best and frankly one of the most overrated movies i have ever seen in any online film discourse i feel like i watched a different movie from everyone else i want my money back i want jordan peele to give me my money back and then you want your money I back want everyone so, much so that you spend your money twice on it yeah because maybe because maybe because <laughs> maybe i believe that people deserve second chances idiot um and <laughs> sorry the name calling is going to be at a very uh, minimum <laughs> yeah today <laughs> I can't imagine I'll do any big blow up fights uh, as a result of this uh, podcast, but I'll throw it over to you guys and say, um, first off, uh, I think we all agree. Spoilers 100% for this. If you haven't seen the movie, easily go watch the movie and you know, you can confer with us after it's kind of a hard Uh, movie to discuss without spoilers. It it doesn't make any sense to discuss this without spoilers. Um, So I'll, I'll start with what, what I like about the film and what I imagine we all liked with this film, and that is the concept of the alien being the ship is objectively really fucking cool. Like, I think that is a great reveal. Um, I think in general, the CGI of the ship is really good, especially when it assumes its final form at the end of the movie. Undeniably a beautiful movie in a lot of ways. I think, I forget who the cinematographer is. Yeah, Hoyt fan. It's a Dutch. Yeah, it's a Dutch dude, right? Yeah, and he's a he's a he's a um, very uh, he, a he's collaborated with Christopher Nolan in a lot of films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah I think ha- I think it has like think, a bit of a Nolan aesthetic to it, obviously because I would agree for sure. Yeah. I would agree. Um, I think this is a beautiful, beautifully looking movie, regardless of how I feel about most other aspects of it. Um, are, are there any shots that you guys like seem to like go back to and think about? Um, I have a couple with this so film. Many. Have, so many. Um, yeah. Dane, you raised your hand like a little <laughs> schoolboy in the rain, yeah, waiting for his mother to pick him up. Um, yeah. Dane, would you like to go? No, the one shot that I just can't get out of my mind was when OJ opens up the door to the Flynn's uh, tech van, and he like comes around, and um, it's just like fog and, and mist, and the house is silhouetted in the background. And then it like moves to slightly low angle 
and then you see the ship like fly off in the background where while like OJ is like peeking around. I love that shot. Like I just I like tucked down in my chair and was like, "Holy crap, that was so cool looking." Um but that's that's the 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 number one shot in my mind that I just I keep thinking about. One of the things that I think is impressive about the film is that it could it could like create new imagery for something that we've seen a million times like we, we've seen ufo alien stories you know how many times at this point and yet like like the uh like the, the entire final third of this film when we get a closer look at the alien and we get to see the sort of like like uh you can almost con- like it looks almost like a television screen or something that's kind of like square that that juts out from it and just to get to see like what the inside of this fucking thing looks like i mean those are like brand new images that we've never really seen before like that you know, for all the renditions of aliens that have graced the silver screen over, like, like every year you see, like, some kind of alien movie, right? Like, Jordan Peele, like, genuinely invented something new. And some of those shots of the alien at the end, I thought, were just mind-blowing for that reason, especially because it's such payoff for this alien being, like, nothing more than, like, a passing cloud for the, for the first, you know, two-thirds of the film. Um, yeah. real, real quick, I, 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 was gonna, I just want to go jump in on something... Corey said but like you don't see it really until the end and I whenever I was watching this all I could think about was Jaws so I might even be biased with this movie because Jaws is my favorite movie but the the way he really builds to the to the climax and you have to really imagine um what's happening on the ship on top of just like what its actual nature is I thought was really fucking cool sorry Samir go ahead yeah, I was surprised. Sorry, no, no, no. I, know, uh, I, know, uh, I guess. I just, oh my god, you too. No, because of the stop it. Because of the Jaws comparison, <laughs> I was honestly surprised that it took us this long. In hindsight, I'm like, how have we not been comparing Jordan Peele to Spielberg since the second his career, or since not his career, but his directing career started? Because I think that it's a really obvious parallel, and I agree that I think with Nope it became a little more obvious in the way it sort of builds tension and set pieces and all these things. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, like if he's our generation's spielberg i think that's a very fair thing to say uh both like thematically but also visually and maybe even talent wise yeah i mean he wears his like spielberg influence i think in this movie very loudly on his sleeve um you know he has it tattooed on his sleeve almost like uh like sam that's hosting our podcast <laughs> sam is sporting some very awesome tattoos for the people that not, can't not too awesome um mm, yeah. okay yeah i'm gonna be honest uh like quick little segue have been getting roasted by my friends for the tattoo because it's not finished and it looks a little it looks a little tribally which i was not going sam, for get, well well what you should do is to finish it you should get the big nope ufo yeah. you should get jean jacket oh. on your on your because it's big it's like a you could you could be whatever no so you could it kind of like a bug. no definitely not um, no but but listen uh <laughs> my my favorite shot i would say probably hands down my favorite scene in this entire movie which i i truly think is probably my favorite scene of the year um is when OJ is on his horse and he's racing it. He, he's racing. Um, and then Jean Jacket is following him and the score just amps up. It's like this like Western score that starts out slow and then it's going oh, yeah. like super fast and he's outrunning the alien and the dust is just like covering the back. What a scene. I, it lasts like maybe like 30 or 40 seconds. But I saw this movie at the Manor actually and I Ooh, sat in the theater. exact same seat um that i saw everything everywhere all at once so inevitably like psychologically like you know i sat down to see this movie and i was already in the headspace of that movie which is weird like the way that works but then this movie started and it immediately pulled me out of that and like brought me into its own world which i think is telling of its storytelling ability but during that scene i was the only one that stood up in the manner and i was like let's fucking go um and it looked very being cheesy and embarrassing that. that i did it anyways wait that's no so I, I actually did it wasn't loud though it wasn't loud it wasn't loud but uh we can talk about the first scene that has a lot of depth which is actually the first scene of the movie and kind of gets to the bigger sense of of this movie having several several different themes throughout but what do we make of the steve yoon um 
I'm totally blanking on the gorilla's name. What's the monkey's name? Is it, is it chimpanzee? Chimpanzee, yeah. So, Jesus so what do we make of? Who, by the way, initial... is played by Terry Notary, who uh, is like a motion capture legend. He he did he played Rocket in the Planet of the Apes films, and uh... I knew you were going to talk about Planet of the Apes. It's okay. So, <laughs> but it's pretty cool that I've Gordy been... wasn't just straight up CGI. He's a, he's a motion yeah. capture yeah. actor. Yeah, no, and that CGI is fucking terrible. So let's start with that. Yeah, that, mon- that, that monkey that looks, I, I, that I monkey looks yeah. straight up awful, and there is actually no other way yeah. that you can tell me otherwise. I should, I the monkey looks ter- I, Dude, S- Samir, hop in. I thought it was. I agree Come with you, on. Sam. I thought I, the I thought the monkey CGI was like kind of egregiously bad. Egregiously I, I was like bad. I thought the yeah. I, I was shocked. Kind of. I thought the textures were great. It was when the monkey moved. I thought that was when it got a little Agreed. distracting. I would, it just took yeah and I, I say like, this it's 2022 I, I say this believing that this is the best storyline within nope I found it to be the most fascinating part of the movie um but even even that I uh was not a huge fan of how the monkey looked was it scary yes and that and I didn't get to my favorite shot of the movie but the the fist bump, the fist bump yeah. between yeah. Steve Yoon monkey and the paw mon- production. The yeah, paw. that the monkey paw, right? And I too. think that is the best part of the movie. But um, I will say, and I'll, I will pose this to you guys. It's kind of a leading question. Obviously, I'm the least into this film of the four of us. What do you guys make of including both storylines within the movie? And do you guys think that Jordan Peele does a good job of segueing the two storylines into the movie? One of my big gripes is I feel like it's disjointed. So, interested to hear what you guys think. I've seen a lot of discussion about the inclusion of this in the movie. If it's necessary, if it's not, I'm not gonna. Um, I'm not gonna. Corey's, lie, Sam, Corey's like, getting a little pretentious smile. Well, I don't know. So like, I'd love Sam, to see it. I, again, you're someone I respect, and I think you have. No, I fucking <laughs> hate you. I hate you. But okay, no, no, no I, but, I'm sick of no, this. But, no, no, no. But I'm serious. I mean. Like again, I'm open to to everyone's take on this, but to call the movie disjointed and not see the relationship between those two storylines, I kind of question your media literacy just a little bit. Like, I mean, it's pretty <laughs> like I think there's a very clear parallel between the two storylines, and I actually yeah. think if anything, what I what part of what elevates this film from just like a pretty solid blockbuster <laughs> to <laughs> to what I think is maybe one of the best movies of the year. He is such a fucking douchebag. Wait, hold up, hold up, wait, hold up, hold up. Such a douchebag. I kind of, wait, hold up. Wait, hold up, hold up. Off yourself! I kind of question your media literacy. Might be the coldest line I've heard in a while. I prefaced it as pound as I could. I'm so I wish we had. I wish you're asking a question to the group and getting your media literacy question, whatever the fuck that means. I wish. I wish. I think we were recording video in the previous half hour, so I think I kind of question your media literacy. It's colder than any slur or straight up insult that you could possibly. And I pride myself on my ability to to come back to Sam's superficial name calling. I watched a small part of Sam die right there. Sam, your your mouth opened up like small part of me died. I was like, holy shit! Before I go any further, Dane and Samir, like, like you kind of know what I'm getting at when I say that. Yeah, I do agree with you, Corey. Like fully, Sam's media illiterate. Good call. Well, no, no, no. I I was agreeing with the essence of what Corey was saying. Corey just went for the kill. Holy shit. More savage than Gordy, right <laughs> yeah, there. Man. Like that's crazy. Like and we saw it studio. Too. No, but I, 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 I do agree with you in that. Like I think that this movie exists with both of those storylines working in tandem, as in like they both complement each other and um both work together to create the meaning or like its central idea, as I understand it to be. As in like so, like the Stephen Yoon Gordy storyline very much helps us like arrive at the insights that he wants us to arrive at so i do think that like you know i, I can't imagine nope without mm-hmm. that is is what was my takeaway dane go ahead yeah i mean i feel the same way as the both of you the gordy stuff was some of my my favorite stuff in the movie mainly because of how atmospheric it was and just eerie and it almost reminded me if like they would make a a live action five nights at freddy's or like something <laughs> along those lines they did, like it was didn't they it's the Nicholas Cage. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. Like it, yeah. yeah, it just has that like super eerie 
vibe to it and i i really appreciate it and i think um it didn't even have to do with the like monster aspect of it but this is really where i saw a lot of spielberg in peel um him choosing to uh really not show the violence and just allowing you to hear uh with through incredible sound design by the way uh yeah. the just the terror that was happening my interpretation of it uh is similar uh to the what Samir was thinking too very much i think Steven Yoon and um OJ in the movie or Jupiter and OJ they parallel one another and i think um going off of the media literacy comment. I, I, I do think that... Do not go off that comment. I don't want to even enter, entertain that as a take. I, I, do, I do think that Jordan put those scenes in the best possible places in the film. And I think his... It, it wasn't necessarily chapters, but by um, aligning the movie with the different horse, horses and names or just with the animals themselves... I think also helped me kind of bounce back and forth and realize the the narrative structure that he was going for. And to me, I mean, it was to me his his theme out of the three. This was the one that I walked out of it and I felt confident that I was like, oh, like this is definitely what he was going for. And I didn't have to think too hard about it. So I was still able to really enjoy the more. uh, I guess cinematic blockbuster elements of the movie. So yeah, I I was a huge fan of the Gordy stuff. Yeah, and I, love, I agree that I love too. I love that structure too, like the different animals. Like it, it felt like a like a even like even when it just when Gordy's name just comes across the screen and you realize that like that is going to be a segment of the film. That in of itself kind of felt like a sort of not Reward twist, almost. but just like, yeah, like just like a kind of like the shocking moment where you're like, oh, because like, up until that point you're like, oh, okay, it's just the different horses. Uh, and that's cool, but like we, we, you kind of think you have a grasp on, on what's happening, and even that felt like just enough of a subversion that yeah. you're like, oh, I see how this is all kind of gonna uh, get pieced together. Yeah, especially with like his the idea of like the whole animal brutality or just like the mistreatment of, I guess on the broader scale, actors, etc. But the uh, horses in the movie, you get the sense in the opening scene when they're on the set with the green screen, and then you slowly the violence towards those animals in the in seeking profit just gets more and more extreme from the first horse obviously ending with with jean jacket so i i thought narratively it fit pretty well i'm sorry sam but i do want to hear you share your thoughts i want to hear about more what you think yeah please do well, I, I was gonna say no, like, i actually so with, um, with you saying my media literacy was so bad during this movie <laughs> that i actually like didn't know what was going on oh, i really thought shame, it was that i really thought i was at top gun again and <laughs> to know that i spent that entire time watching a different movie is actually like really upsetting so maybe you sh- um, and that happened twice you, you sh- both, no, both it happened, times, yeah, no. Both times you saw it, you went into the wrong theater. I know. And then uh, another time, I was actually at the grocery store thinking <laughs> I was watching no, um, but really I was this just in the produce for, uh, section. It was it was fucked up. Um, Sam was mad they didn't no, say no. I think for speed when he walked out of the theater. Yeah, no. So yeah. we're sitting at the thirty sixth minute, and I think I've been pretty cordial and and nice. I haven't done any name calling yet. Um, I just want to get it, like into my number one gripe with this movie um and that is i think this of and 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 comparing it to the other two i don't think is actually fair to jordan peele so i'll just say like objectively i think this is a weak script i think the dialogue in this movie is borderline terrible at times it is highly this is one of the unfunniest movies I've seen in a very long time. If you were to rewatch this movie like I did, notice how every laugh is Kiki Palmer just swearing. I swear to God, that is the only thing they go for. Wow, actually, I, it I is, strongly disagree uh, I, with that. I also strongly I, disagree with that. I do agree this, with you. Sam. This movie is I, I do unfunny as a motherfuck. And I, if anything, I, loved, I think I even part. texted Dane this after, after uh, he watched it and we were discussing it. I think that... Because obviously, I think Get Out of the of if we're gonna keep comparing them, Get Out's probably the funniest. It has Lil Rel Howery, who's doing a lot of comedic heavy lifting. Yeah, he's hilarious. Um, in that movie. But I actually yeah. like this 
more so than any of them is the one where I, where I really felt that Jordan Peele's background as a comedian and as a as a sketch I writer disagree, disagree I disagree. came to the forefront. The I was like, there are a lot of just like little little bits, much more like much like much more than like Kiki Palmer cursing. I think that's super unfair. I thought yeah, you, I, I thought I Angel's also, character not, uh, no, was quite funny. Angel is and Brandon Perea is a great actor. I think he is the best character in this in this movie. I think it goes with the script goes with the fact that these characters are not interesting there is no arc to be had oh, there I is strongly they disagree they with that. they end they start the same they end the same the wait, again, they, wait that's just the, oh, the emotional no, 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 no i i no 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 this, this is, is what, so this is what everyone's agree. doing oh jordan peele nice cock you've got there let okay. me suck it when I'll there's have... no good character in this <laughs> no, movie. No, I'll, oh, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I, in the last 15, like, last three minutes of the movie when all that was happening, I'll be honest, I teared up a bit. I thought that... Oh, get the uh, fuck out no, of here. No, I thought, I thought, um, Kiki Palmer and I thought Daniel, my thing was I strange. thought that they, I thought they killed it together. I really bought their relationship and I thought they were fantastic. Yeah, oh Dude, my god. I, I, I bought about, it. No, 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 I no, 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 Bro, the emotional pull of this movie is, I would have really liked to work on that horse back when we were eight, and then they do no, it like I mean, that. The, that's the a very thing? come that, the that, fuck on. That's a very superficial reading. Of it. It's, I wish what, Dad what saw seven? in me what he saw in you, and gave me yeah, and, like the uh, and, the affection that he well, gave you. Because uh, yeah, now, cause now too, I don't feel invested but, but, in our family's Corey, legacy that the way that so, you do as a result. Do you that's think that that should have been developed a bit more? Right, so half baked, dude. I, I did genuinely feel that they could have hit upon that, like touched upon that I, more. I'm open to that like, idea, but like, what would that it, what would that it, look it, like? It, it's that one scene where that where it's that sibling relationship scene. is allowed to breathe a little bit with connection to the relation to their father and all of that. I mean, I would and agree with that. I if was they hoping didn't that also, would come they, back more in the third but act. But it did. I mean, they they named the alien jean jacket. I think that in and of itself yeah, is, a, like, is reinforcing that idea. The like like Dane said, the final sort of contact between them, eye contact between them uh further reinforces it the very beginning of the film when emerald arrives late on set and we kind of realize that she has like her own sort of set of interests and doesn't really care about this family business anymore and they have yeah. conflict about not even being there in the wake of their father's death i mean it's, it's even pretty even like to no, I, I agree that it's there but i think it's that half-baked could have been stronger i just like, brought up examples see, across wait, when you like literally like the beginning the middle and the end of the film like i'm not I, like, I, like what would be a fully so I, I, I guess what i'm saying is so a fully baked version, I guess, would be one that incorporates that more into the act. Like, and this is another point that I actually agree with Sam on. I don't think the dialogue is terrible. I, I I think it's pretty good. Like, what I do agree is that this movie could have easily been a lot funnier. I was expecting like there was a lot of moments for I think a heightened sort of comedic presence. And the other thing that's there is for horror of late. Um, one thing I've noticed or kind of had this realization, maybe it's personal, but like. The idea of like movies like Hereditary really banking on their emotional undercurrent. And I kind of felt that this movie was going there. And I was I felt a little blue ball a little bit. I was like, okay, well, like I was really hoping there'd be more emotional sort of like, okay, like, like, you know, it was it kind of felt like as you were mentioning, like the punch was there, but it didn't quite land and it could have been stronger. Um, Sam, what Wait, do you can think? I just ask real quick on the on the topic of comedy, there? though? Did did you guys not? Because my theater cracked up, myself included, um, when uh, like it was a couple of like the like where the title "Nope" is kind of reinforced in the script, but mm -hmm. especially when Daniel Kaluuya is is uh, you know stuck in his his truck and Dude, is about was... to get out and then lock. There's funny my moments theater in lost it. it. Oh, yeah, I thought I mean, that, that was, was, that was brilliant. Yeah, I thought it's it's funny, but by the fourth time they had done that joke, you had overstayed your welcome yeah. on the joke. I get it. That Dan Kaluuya is this aloof protagonist that doesn't really give a shit. Cool. Like, that's the joke. Do it three more times, and I'm not going to laugh. No, but that was like, a, I don't it, think it's it, it's a matter of aloofness. I mean, he's not really, like, aloof. if anything, his things that he actually cares about his father's legacy in this company, but is just trying to figure out, like, where it goes from here because they're struggling yeah, in Hollywood. I, Where's the dynamicness to like, his character? Like, I get, I get that he's understated. Dude, Daniel Kaluuya is. I think. I mean, you don't think he's he's good he, in this? His he's a yeah, no. He's I think. Oh, he's so good. No, so, he's a great actor, so, and, I, I, and he's good in the movie. I just don't think his character has that much to work with. 
Like, it's just like... I actually did like his character. I, I saw this tweet that was like, Daniel Kaluuya will raise his eyebrow and there's a page of subtext it's right true. there. true. He, he's which, so which I, I actually think yeah. it's true. I... And, and you really see that in this movie. Like, I one of the strengths of this movie is that his character is really nuanced, I think, in that, like, he's holding a lot of weight of, like, the burden of legacy for one thing and two, being an older sibling and all of that all of it and i even like i don't even like he looks stockier than before in this film and i think yeah, like maybe it. that kind of added like to it too but like i really like he appeared like very three-dimensional and was just like wow like this is a well-written character yeah. so i definitely thought that was a strength but. yeah i i completely agree I, I i thought daniel's character was was awesome and i think like your first introduction to him which i wasn't expecting like his dad literally to die in the introduction to the characters and I think that's good scene, by the way. I yeah, really love that. And scene. I, I think that's a good jumping off point for his character. And I think you do slowly see him open up a bit more, like obviously, well, I guess become more uh, energetic. I The most uh, specific example is when they do their high five thing, when she finds out it's an animal oh, camera. Yeah, great see that? Um, see, that felt that felt vastly out of place to me. But like that just felt like you had just so, like. Like I get, I get what they're going for—the camaraderie between the two. But like, damn, dude, I don't know. I just it felt it fell out of place to me. So my and then my other thing, which is like their relationship and I guess the emotional arc as a whole. I mean, to me, when I was watching it, I I thought like obviously this movie is about how Hollywood filmmaking exploits so many different people. Uh, it it like comes up at the very end, and even the both Kiki Palmer and Daniel kind of fall into that cycle of we we want to make money we want to get the perfect shot we want to we want to really capitalize off of this alien encounter and then as the film progresses things get drastically worse for them and like much more real and then at the end like they they realize that it's I'm going to sound cheesy here but it's like what matters is the relationship between the two of them and I think like her getting that picture and being more concerned with looking at Daniel instead of the picture um, with like the press coming around. I, I To me, I read it as like the press already got pictures of this or at least are going to report what they want to report. And they're not going to be known for this picture necessarily. But she they at least kind of got their their bond back. That's how I read it. And that's kind of where my so my emotional attachment came between between the two i can i can feel us inching closer to this so like let's just get at it like the movie opens with this bible quote but like what is this movie like about like if i were to gunshot ask you like what is this movie trying to say what would you guys say yeah i mean i think so i think dane just kind of uh, brought us pretty damn close because like uh you know I, I, one thing i was thinking about the whole movie is the way like the the so-called antagonist like is constantly shifting and therefore your your understanding of the movie is shifting so like it it obviously you know i guess you could you could say you know maybe gordy is one antagonist and then uh jean jacket is another antagonist but really the very fact that jean jacket is named jean jacket implies that jean jacket's really not the antagonist i think like you know like the tmz reporter that shows up that's an antagonist yep. the yeah. people on the set of the of the commercial in the beginning those are those are antagonists and all the press that shows up at the end like like daniel do those are antagonists and so this movie yep. is about uh our relationship to like spectacle our relationship to to film really and yeah like, like I, what we're willing to kind of accept or not accept in service of that spectacle the big fun of jordan peele and especially you no know, what he seems to be really wanting us to engage with is all the different symbols that he plants in his movies and the idea yeah. of Steven Yoon's character calling, you know, he calls it the viewer, which has a number of different meanings, mm -hmm. right? And there's tokens and keys and much has been said about why Gordy specifically picked uh, the small Asian actor, St Steven Yoon's younger self, to play that. And people said that he was being tokenized. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, tokens are brought up later as a symbol. And this is kind of what I was getting at more yeah. with the idea of like, with the big symbols that he's throwing out what is like the because i i think a couple of you i forget whose letterbox review it was but mentioned a sprawling set yeah of ideas. I, so clearly like spectacle and the idea of like 
uh, making a spectacle out of things that don't want to be made a spectacle of, whether it's like, I don't know, like POC actors or animals or mm-hmm. like, I guess the UFO. And then the idea of, like, like I said, like him calling them the viewer. And then I think we actually like the movie opens with us from Jean Jacket's perspective, which is another layer, yeah. I guess, calling us the alien, you know, I, I also um, thought, yeah, I just wanted to hear. Yeah. Well, you, the opening, I think is one of the most intriguing things to me because what i thought immediately is obviously it's it's doing the let's like dollying in or whatever and then it gets closer and closer to the uh original like first thing put on film uh the hay uh the hayward guy on the horse to me it was almost like we were inside a film projector and it's almost like the camera it like instinctually is used to um exploit what's in front of it and I think uh going off in terms of like the the broader stuff too um I think the the parallel between what was happening between Jupiter and Gordy at least to me was made most apparent in the finale um obviously like the Jupiter balloon floats up and then yeah, he the floats balloon, up yeah. they end up killing the the alien and it has like the similar face to face encounter that Jupiter has on the set of Gordy's home and to that, it's almost like the people that shot Gordy kind of are similar in the sense to both uh, Kiki Palmer and Daniel, um, except whereas once they kill the, the monster in the end, they realize kind of not I wouldn't say the error in their ways, but they at least take something from it. But I think Peel uses a lot of, of circles and like implies like cyclical nature in the film and I think Jupiter represents that. He didn't learn from this mistake. He saw, and Corey can touch on this because we talked about it, but he sees this miracle or he has this encounter. and Exploited becomes yeah. the exploited. Right. Yeah, and he ends or, up and doing it's the other way around. Exploitee becomes the exploited. And it's like there's a difference between looking at and seeing, right? So like, yeah, you know, like I think uh, that's why, and this is why, like, I mean, the second I saw the trailer for this and saw they were going to incorporate, like, film history with the Edward Morbridge stuff. I was like, I was like, I know I'm gonna be a sucker for this to some extent. But, you know, when 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 Morbridge first made that the horse in motion, like in the 1870s, one of the biggest takeaways, people were obviously it was just crazy for anyone who had never seen a picture in motion before. But one like a lot of horse enthusiasts actually learned a lot about horses through those pictures. They didn't know that horses all four horses' feet leave the ground when they run. Like they learned a lot about a horse's gait through those pictures. And I think there, there's something to that, right? Like, like early on, what, like whatever was the spectacle was something you would you 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 saw, you saw it, and you could take something away from it. Whereas, uh, you know, uh, uh, I keep oh, Jupiter, he when he like he all he can do is look at the, uh, this UFO in front of him. He wants to build a show around it. He wants to obviously exploit it to some extent and and profit off of it. So he can't really look up and 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 SNL yeah. sketch. Yeah, and then his I own mean, experience. Yeah, he can't even see his not... own experiences. Yeah. Exactly, his own yeah. life kinda... experience is flattened into an SNL sketch. That's his now replaces memory of. Yeah, it's literally just like a like a a freak a traveling freak show, and I think a freak show is exactly what the idea of spectacle at the expense of exploitation is is all about. And I I think he he nails it with this. He, he, but. Yeah, and one thing we can touch on a little bit later that Corey and I were trying to figure out was the shoe. Um, but yeah, Sam, I think the shoe is maybe the trickiest kind of uh, yeah. symbol in the film. I have I have some thoughts on this, but Sam's been awful quiet. Sam, just scream into the mic for ten seconds, and then we can continue. Sam, you didn't think the forward. SNL? I thought so, the description of the so, SNL. No, so the S- I, I, I did. I did like it, but I also um, no, no, I like that part. I'm not going to do a butt there. I I did like that. And but this is kind of like my problem with the movie and why I feel like I've watched a different film than everyone else. What you guys just explained the past ten minutes was way more fascinating than the film I saw. I don't know. I just like that, I, I. That's really interesting. Yeah, I, like, I like that. That's I, my main that that it. is feel like it's it to me. It's a movie that's a thousand miles wide and about three inches deep. Um, like it brings up a ton of different theories. The idea of a money shot, like the idea of like, um, of a exploitation of, uh, like people of color actors versus 
and the different symbols like the what do the keys mean what does the shoe mean yeah. what does this mean what does that it's mean? all yeah. it's all there and it's rife for people that love to watch films to create theories about these things like personally speaking i'd rather the characters be interesting and that would be my emotional hook into a movie instead of understanding how the film exists in this larger you know ecosystem of all of its themes to me it's a, um i, I find that I, that i felt the same in the sense that like and this i also felt about us uh not really get out but where it's like peel seems to be really into this idea of the fun of the major fun of the film seems to begin after the credits roll with the idea of we come back and we're like what do the keys mean? What does this shoe mean? What does this mean? What does that mean? It's fun. It's really fun sitting in the parking lot of Cinemark discussing this, <laughs> looking back and looking at the uh, Nope Explained videos online, yeah, right. scrolling the subreddit until 2 a.m. You know, and I, I get it. And I'm guilty of all of those things. And I enjoy them. You know, it's fun. That being said, you know, one like little film history thing that I love is when Mulholland Drive came out, you know, weird as weird as shit movie. People were like, what the hell? And David Lynch was actually forced by the producers to release like a hint sheet that explains all of like the different like symbols of this movie. Um, and for people saying that, you know, Nope is this like big grand, you know, American, like the, if it was a novel, it would be like the great American novel or something like that. The thing that I'm sort of like not buying really is that I do think this movie is decipherable. There's something that he's trying to say. And the very fact that he's including all of these symbols, like, for example, multiple people have pointed out right before, like, the blood on the house scene. Great shot. Great right? shot. I love that. Great shot. Super good. For There's for two seconds, for sorry, for one frame, yellow letters that appear on the screen. And multiple people have seen it. And... You know, and the other interesting thing is that right before the uh, the alien comes over the house, the camera cuts to a shot of their mom. Just one shot of their mom, yeah. which doesn't really, you know, there's some significance to it. People have compared the alien to female anatomy. I don't know if you guys have heard yeah. this theory. Yeah, I heard about but that. With the idea of the blood and all of that. Um, so the fact that he has all of these little things and like, you know, the dad, the coin going through the eye and the keys and everything. He has all these symbols there and they do mean something um and they're not you know whatever like it's not open to interpretation he has an idea of what they mean i tend to be more on the side of being like like if you want a truly abstract film or film that you can discuss endlessly like persona is something that like that's an iceberg of a film where it's like a look can truly mean like eight different things but i would say this airs closer to like a let's discuss it let's reddit it to exhaustion and whatever i think that it's a great film i i wish that it was more invested in its actual experience than the after the credits roll was my big gripe with it uh, and i'll give it to you guys now because i know you have a lot to say about it i guess i just don't really like, i mean again we're not going to be able to i won't be able to convince you guys that the characters are compelling or i guess samir you don't want to say, you know disagree on that point but like i can't just they're not i can't tell you saying that they're compelling if you, if you don't think they are so I don't. I personally don't think anything is sacrificed uh, by virtue of making this film uh, or giving this film this like sort of more sprawling set of ideas. Because for me, and I know this, I'm probably in the minority in my, how I would rank Peel's films, but like I would pretty much I would rank them in the inverse of their release order. And that's not anything against uh, Get Out, but to me, what I think is so impressive about his growth as a filmmaker and why I love Nope so much is, and I think this maybe speaks to maybe the differences in how in what we want out of our films. But, like, I much so much rather a film, like, kind of gift me this, like, sprawling set of ideas that I can kind of play with and, and, and work out and not necessarily even really come to, like, clear-cut conclusions on, um, as opposed to something like, like Get Out, which, again, is very effective at what it does, but it's a very strict kind of, um, like, delineated metaphor for what it's trying to say. Like, all the, all the symbols are, like, very one-to-one -one as far as what they could possibly mean. The entire plot itself is like clearly speaking to one very specific thing. The writing is a little more heavy-handed, and which is it's all fine in, in service of what that film's trying to do. These aren't necessarily criticisms, but I'm just so much more interested by a film like Nope that is willing to just kind of like like throw a lot of ideas at the wall. Which again, I don't and I don't even necessarily think it's a lot of unrelated ideas. Like when you say animal cruelty versus uh, uh, exploitation of uh, you know people of color, like those are all 
like I, those are all part of the spectacle that like the so-called spectacle that that hollywood is producing that peel yeah. is uh is is discussing here so like i don't well, think that they're they're all inter intertwined you know i do think if all I, i'll make a little um i have a, a few things but going to film history uh i i thought about um the uh soviet movie strike uh the soviet mo well i guess it's not it's a little bit of soviet montage, montage. but it, it's, um it's, it's pretty that idea pretty of like throwing in like uh gordy getting shot and having you compare that to what else is going on anyway that was just a side thing i thought of i think um i and this is where i kind of think it's a peel kind of shot himself in the foot by having his first two movies be in my opinion have a much uh more like narrowed one mm -hmm. theme and kind of giving the audience this idea that he is going to put these little um hints and uh like things about the narrative symbolism throughout the film and i think a lot of people went into this looking for that i mean i did and i think that's obviously there but i also think that this is open to a, a other interpretations where i could see potentially some people thinking like it it left unanswered questions but in my opinion and the way i enjoyed it was there are, there are other ways you can look at look at the movie i think there is like a, a theme to the narrative but i do think there's a lot of different ways you can interpret things um so yeah that's kind of what i thought on the yeah i i guess to like push back on on that a little bit like i would say that like i know we're saying it's not one-to-one -one, but for some reason, I left feeling that, like, in his mind, he was intending for it to be more one-to-one one -one than we were thinking. Like, well, with well, the I idea, think, like... Yeah, so not to interrupt you, but I do well, think that's like, true of any direct... Yeah. Any, any artist obviously has intentions for their art and for, for what well, they're, they're putting out there. But I think it's it's so much more productive that we can watch Nope and debate, like, what is what is spectacle and why do we love it so much and what does Jordan Peele want us to think about that? Then leaving Get yeah, Out, sure. which again it was effective, but like you leave Get Out and you're like, Look, oh, even white liberals are bad. It's very hard being black in America. Boom! Like these are like very definitive talking points that we'll take away from. I I just want to like take a second and just address any like little um kid out there. Like if your friends are saying a bad movie is good and you're like just really having like a crisis of like consciousness, like. Just know, like, there are people like me that, like, will stand for you, <laughs> that will sit there and will respect you, and I understand that, like, sometimes your friends are wrong about things, and there's nothing wrong with you. There's something wrong with them. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. And, um, <laughs> I think um, <laughs> so, something that I think you're really bad at, Sam. <laughs> there's something wrong yeah with that. is understanding um like like uh, nuance and like varying degrees of, of things so like and you know i had this debate with sam because sam was coming at me so hard for, and it's kind of been alluded to on this podcast but i'll just tell the listeners like i i uh committed the crime of merely enjoying everything everywhere all at once as opposed best to best fucking movie ever made. as opposed to calling it the best film of the year of all time yada 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 and that's like that really offended sam and and, and perhaps it'll offend um several others I, I don't know but sam for the record gave this film nope three stars on letterbox which i i believe is a fairly good score like like lowering it to two okay <laughs> see i mean i feel like the the discourse might have just pushed you to the extreme more than it did. than uh yeah. you actually feel it's group think or group polarization like yeah. I, I i mean like, again and letterbox scores are only one small metric by which you measure something but i think it was i think i gave everything everywhere a three and a half and sam immediately texted me it was like you fucking idiot and i was like that's a good <laughs> score like that's a that that indicates that a is good, good by Corey's standards too yeah, yeah that that's my score for nope three and a half you know I, I i think that my view of nope like it's still you know me having said all this nope is still in my top three of the year it's it's number three but like i'd say that like it's still a solid solid fucking movie holy shit i just like, want with all of that like i enjoyed it i just want to i want to address yeah. the fact that like anyone could even think that i'm bad at anything in life because i think <laughs> i've just shown that i've i've 
uh, nuance is probably if this podcast has proved something it's if, just how incredibly it's that good my, you are everything. my my incredible nuance, <laughs> my nuance <laughs> taste. there's nothing brash about any of my opinions mm-hmm. um i just want to say like i was having like so much fun on this europe trip with Corey. like Corey and i like i know we haven't gotten along like <laughs> that well like in the past and Not easy, frankly no. like the more I see your opinions on things, the less I, like, tend to, like, think of you as, like, a person. Um, but, like, <laughs> but, like, but Corey and I are having a great night, and then all of a sudden, everything everywhere gets brought up, and Corey has the gall to say that that movie wasn't funny, when, and then to think that Nope is funny, when Nope is not funny, and everything everywhere is funny, and it essentially, thank God for Stephen Barry recording this because Corey and I are drunk walking in the streets of Lisbon, just screaming at each other. And by we, I mean I am screaming at Corey. <laughs> yeah. And I, uh, I'll, I'll splice in some audio, do some editing magic, maybe some exploitation, as they call it, <laughs> spectacles, maybe <laughs> whatever dumb words yeah, you guys spectacles. were saying about this mid-ass movie. Yeah, um, spectacles. <laughs> and. Uh, to be clear, those yeah, are two so, like obviously like like these are two separate conversations. The the humor like is there, everything everywhere all at once is funnier than nope. I will I'll, I'll I would agree with you on that. But that's like that is yeah. just like like yeah no shit it's funnier. They're two completely separate projects with two completely different goals and two like different uh, like degrees of of humor and and approaches to humor. So like yeah, if that's what you want me to admit is that everything everywhere is funnier. Like hell yeah, it's funnier, but that doesn't necessarily make it. Uh, successful in all it's in all of its attempts at humor um yeah i uh i uh really like both the fuck does that i'll be mean? honest yeah I and mean, that's also a good take they're both good movies. i yeah, yeah, yeah i i i i thought everything everywhere was a masterpiece and i also fucking love nope a fuck ton so i i can, i mean it might just be i'm easy to please but Hey, can we I mean. can we talk about a movie that um just just really briefly because like, I feel like lately we've been like agreeing for maybe the past like fifteen minutes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Can I say that new Doctor Strange is legitimately fucking horrible? Oh like, yeah, that's that a shame be... that you think that because I I actually texted Dane this that it is uh it's my favorite MCU film. I, I the more I reflect it's, get on the it, fuck dude, oh, get the fuck out of here, here. Bro, bro, get it's the your fuck. favorite. Bro, that movie, that movie that, fucking blew. The more uh, I thought it was really shite too. It, the more shite, I'm willing shite, to announce shite. that here. I texted I, Dane. I think it was in my top three. But the more I reflect on it, it is it's my favorite. I'll dude, be honest. It's terrible. As I, I, it's it's also definitely in my top three as well. Bro, sh- uh, stop <laughs> it. <laughs> Um, you don't even think that. You don't even no, think No, no, I I totally do. And that's I do. I, I It's really good. I, I think it was I it's thought it was really I bad. It was it's good. really good. <laughs> it's really good. No, I love, I and, love the way and I'll be it. honest, Doctor this Doctor Strange um yeah, looking back at it, I think this for me has just like America Chavez is the most focus grouped bullshit character in any movie I've seen in a very right, am I not right? Am I, like, there's nothing. First off, that actress is fucking horrible. I hope she never gets a role in anything ever again because she is terrible. <laughs> and second off, she literally is just this focus group bullshit character that has nothing interesting about her. And Doctor Strange is a fucking NPC in his own fucking movie. Oh, I, lo- I think but, Doctor Strange is, is by far the most dynamic character in and, in at least the current hey, iteration of the MCU. All but I'm not in, too not is, in multiverse hey, madness, dude. Say, he's an NPC in his own movie. I, I, Look me straight in my eyes. Did you think America Chavez was a good character, Dane? I didn't think I, she was the I, best I character in the movie, but I thought she was good, and I I thought her arc was was <coughs> yeah. I thought she good character. Good. I guess I had some familiarity with her as a, as yeah a, as a comic, comic character. I, I thought she was a good character. I agree. The actress didn't necessarily, didn't necessarily yeah. like you know change the world, but I have a, a change the world. She's horrible. I I'm I surprised see. you didn't at least fi- at least find it like entertaining at the very least even like the third act i mean that's like i with dead well zombie strange and the demon cape like oh yeah and the that final is, shot like it, like no corny. other screaming dude like what the hell was that was weird cgi going, that cgi was fucking terrible i love that no other marvel movie would ever end itself like that like ever like you talk about self-important it's the opposite of self-important because it just has this kind of like you know like like the hard cut to a to a rock song and the movie on like a ridiculous maybe a little dude like, that was the other it. thing 
it's like, it's like you just love rock well, music, bro. You're well, just like, no, bro, you're, like, literally, you're literally <laughs> suck okay. off Willow Smith because she had a song with a guitar in it, dude. What about okay, <laughs> Sam? This is what, such a good take for me. Yeah. Like, one of my one of my favorite parts of the movie is when they're describing like the what the dark hold is, and they don't do the mar the dumb Marvel shit where like they're making like they're cracking jokes about it or they give like a half like they literally just like tell you what it does right. this it's a mix of both like they're they're describing it but they're doing these really cool transitions where they're showing scarlet witch dreamwalking for the first time with the guitar riff in the background i just thought it was fuck i i thought that was really cool so i well, agree to disagree sam it's interesting that you talked about the third act of this film because i do want to bring it back to nope just for our final uh yeah, couple minutes i think we should i um I believe Dane somehow again walked got away with a coup. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know if you put something into your brain or what, Sam. But the fact that we got such good Marvel talk in there is, uh, yeah, it's horrible. A victory yeah. for um, me. Don't worry, I'll be splicing it out. Um, You're but... just because you couldn't put your dick in the alien UFO. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was my big uh, rape, I will say. So yeah, so I will say, um, like one of the like what like uh, what Samir was talking about with like how the interesting part of it goes after the credits. I think this also leads into, like, one of my biggest gripes with the movie is that I really think it, like, limps into the final three minutes of the film. Like, I really think, like, that like that big hero reveal of Daniel Kaluuya on the horse should be everyone in the theater clapping. At mine, everyone just kind of sat there and was like, oh, I guess he's here. And it really goes to the fact that I think that wrong final... theater. My theater Listen, crazy. Sam, not really? everyone's like My... Sam when they stand, or like Samir when they stand up in and freak yeah. out. I know, I know Samir is generally like really embarrassing, but like, <laughs> I still think there's something to be said. But like, I do think this like final getting the final shot scene just feels ah, like there's something wrong with it. Like that, I couldn't shake this feeling that something was wrong. And whether it be like, how they have Kiki Palmer constantly being like, here's what Daniel Kaluuya is doing, right? You can, like, visualize it. It's like, he's riding a horse. Like, she's saying that into the walkie-talkie, which just felt redundant and kind of annoying. And the I just felt, like, maybe 20 minutes too long. I don't know, man. Like, I don't really like the TMZ reporter in it either. Do you guys like this final scene? Like, the final getting the final shot sequence? Because to me... Oh yeah, I fucking love I, it. I thought it was really, <laughs> I thought it was awesome. I really thought I really think it's the weakest part of the movie. Well, uh, I, I just like, thought like, up until this a... point, I'm along for the ride, and then for them just to go into complete like blockbuster mode felt well. I mean, not good. I I thought it was a to to me like it, the movie's like super production film oriented, like talking about like the money shot or whatever. I think. Is something that's passed around when anyone talks about like uh, a blockbuster, but I think the way she gets the final shot, the money shot, is also a really cool parallel to the beginning of the film with them oh, showing yeah. the the twelve shots from the from the the Hayward uh, clip. So I mean, I thought it was a really cool way to bring it full circle. Also, I mean, they even, and I think Peel is a is even if it. For some people, it doesn't always work, or the way he does it, it just didn't work for them. But I think he he's pretty much perfected like payoff because you get the scene in 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 the beginning, obviously, with uh, her taking messing up the picture with the kids when they're taking it in the well, and even I think it's in that scene too. She talks about how she is uh, a trained like motorcycle stunt woman or something like that, and then she does that that. Listen, I I may you just not like be... Akira. No. You just like Akira. No, no, I, it, you it, just it, like no, Akira. No, no, no. I mean, I do like Akira, but hey, I, I think movie. it. Sick I think it. Movie. I think it. She. I was straight for about five seconds. I, I leaned over the. <laughs> I leaned over the MLI and I was like, that was that was hot. That was really. That was. Kiki awesome. Palmer was hot. I and I thought she was amazing in this. I thought she. I was thought so she was good. obnoxious. I thought as she a was. I thought she was very good. Yeah, honestly, she's not no, someone I, I would have thought, thought of. As like, I, I thought Kiki Palmer. I've always liked really Kiki Palmer as like a personality. Yeah. I think she's a likable yeah. member of Hollywood. She's not necessarily someone I thought of as a, like a very, very, very talented actress. But she's excellent. Yeah, in this. she really. I, I thought she was in this great. movie. That's what I thought. I, I thought like, she get, like. It's like yeah. one of the most unique performances of the past like few years. I thought it was just it was a very unique, just like 
I mean, yeah, really brought I, a lot of energy to that character because I think Jordan Peele could have easily kind of like dipped into uh, his stable of you know he's very well connected yeah. in Hollywood and you know he probably could have called up Lupita Nyong'o. Again I was about if she to say to yeah. return for yeah. another another Jordan Peele film or. But I think he, uh, I, I think it was really clever casting and really. This was really casting. well because I mentioned at the at the start of the episode that I think the, uh, you know, I got a lot of Christopher Nolan vibes visually because Hoyt Van Hoytema, but I also think, uh, in general, it just kind of like I think I think Nolan and, and Spielberg are kind of along that same conversation in terms of like For sure. big I, blockbuster I... filmmakers. And I thought this final set piece, the film. So I initially uh, was mentioning that I think this film feels a lot like Interstellar. On the surface level, I think, because of like like the rural setting and whatnot, but the the Nolan film that I think it's actually most like is Inception. So I think both films, uh, really like like sort of double as like analogies for the filmmaking process. This one it's a little more explicit because the end has the cameras and the setting up of the big shot. But I to me like this third act feels so much like the third act of Inception where they mm-hmm. finally have to pull off the big heist. Like this, it's not a heist movie, but this is like. Can we finally pull off the big production that we've been planning the the entire film? Oh. Uh, and I think I think it had the same kind. Of, obviously, it's not as twisty and turny as Inception, but it had the same kind of impact that that third act has. Uh, the the last thing I want to say too is I we talk about like comparing in the Spielberg, and I think this this movie especially feels like that. But if you watch this again, um, and Get Out, watch it thinking of Wes Craven because mm. I I would say over like even spielberg easily the most inspired peel is is by wes craven um and i would in in one two three four in four of wes craven's movies that i mean the third act has the the planning sequence where they set up traps and they figure out right. ways to take down the bad guy and oh dude we didn't even mention like on that that's like speaking of wes craven i would say the uh probably the scariest scene of this movie but also one of the funniest it's kind of a misdirection yep is like in the barn and that oh, is like so... that is like that's so you're so right that is so out of like a scream or, or anything that west Craven has ever done well gang as a as a, as a final question i i want to i want to ask you guys because i think a lot of people around like film lovers feel like this is kind of a seminal moment in uh like where modern films will go what do you guys think the lasting legacy of Nope will be? Obviously, we have no way of knowing, but if you guys were to guess, where does this rank in terms of like Jordan Peele's legacy, or where do you think the effect of films to come will be as a result of this? Yeah. Uh, I'll start with uh, Dane on this one. Yeah, I think, um, and for Jordan Peele, I it, this movie out of all of his three, we've talked about it. I texted Corey about it, but you can really feel him just having fun at this point. I thought this was easily the most like, uh, visually interesting, just uh, creative, um, and uh, I guess he takes more risks in what he does uh, cinematically. So yeah, I at, with each movie you can see him grow as a director, and I think he's really starting to hit his stride. In terms of, of movies in general, I think a lot of people are talking about it, and it looks like it's already broken even, I think, in terms of box office. So I think it it looks like it's going to be a, a pretty big success. And I think this, on top of something like Everything Everywhere, um, and even the A24 horror movies are, that are have been coming out that have been pulling people back to the theater, I think... Um, yeah, I, I this year I have been generally surprised by all the fucking movies that I've just really, really enjoyed. So, yeah, I think this is I think it's good for movies and I think it's good, uh, good and promising, even more promising for Peel's career. Yeah, so only Wait. six yeah. directors uh, in history have ever had three or more uh, like original films. Uh, gross over a hundred thousand or hundred million uh, domestically. It's really? Scorsese, Nolan, Tarantino, Spielberg. This this one's very random, but Nancy Myers, who's like wait like what? A, yeah like it's like a the holiday and it's complicated like rom com kind of stuff. I know. Yeah, okay. okay. But then the sixth is Jordan Peele. Nice. And so, Snaps like, I, uh, I, like, I think, like, that it's, like this cements him. Like, <laughs> already we knew he was a talent. I think he would have been remembered by any means. But this cements him as, like, wow, like, we're in the midst of, like, the rise of, like, like maybe, like, this generation Spielberg. I kind of said it earlier. Like, I, like, like truly, like, maybe, like, the face of cinema 
moving forward. Uh, and he's and what's even more exciting about that is that's not someone who's putting people in front of Netflix or in front of uh, Amazon Prime or whatever. It's he's putting people in theaters to yeah. the tune of hundred million dollars. Uh, you know, three like you know three films in a row now. Yeah. So I'm still pessimistic about the future of film because I like to be, but I think uh, I think Peel uh you know certainly represents some hope and i say that as someone who again went into this film not necessarily like the biggest peel stand i think I, but i left it like you know really 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 yeah well his films definitely have something for everyone and i think that's why they are as successful as they are yeah samir uh i guess my take on it to answer your question is that i would rank it first get out and then nope and then third us i think Nope is a great film. It's a solid film. And, um, you know, it, it's one that I did enjoy. As I said, it made my top three. Um, that being said, what I'll say to answer your second question, which I think is a really interesting question. It's a good question. About, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. About whether, you know, we'll continue to talk about this film. I actually think that we won't. See, the truth <laughs> is, and I, I, I do believe this, that say, if you take a movie like, so if you take everything everywhere all at once, We'll talk about that movie for a while in the sense that it almost came as a moment of surprise, as in it's like, oh, shit, this is so brazenly. Wow, I am just taken aback. And I'm not even like a crazy, crazy diehard stan of that movie either. But I'm saying that like, oh, this is a moment. And I think really at this point, it's these moments that create movies that we talk about. There's so many movies that when it comes out of you're like, oh, you know. This is like the bet, and you know when the Batman came out and like all this came out, it's like oh we'll be talking about this for years. I don't think we'll be talking about Nope for years, but I think that's good for Peel's career because I think the best is still yet to come with him. I do think that he's very talented and that he's he's slowly arching up in that roller coaster, and we're not at the peak yet. We're getting close because I think that he is like a really definitive voice that I trust in taking film forward, as Corey said. Um, so I I don't think we'll be talking about this movie you know, in a year from now, whereas I, I really do think that we would for everything everywhere all at once. Um, but that being said, I think Nope is a very solid addition to his already great career. Yeah, that's um that's kind of where I stand on it as well, even though I've been pretty negative on it. I still can't help but be like root for Jordan Peele. I think in terms of big boss blockbusters, he's still um, probably the most exciting director right now. I mean, you could argue Nolan, you could argue a couple others, but I think um, he's a net very big positive for the film industry, especially if he's getting like butts and seats, essentially. Like I can't be mad that this is the movie that's getting people's butts and seats. I'd be more mad about films like Dr. Strange doing that. <laughs> um, but I will say, uh, to be clear, totally Dr. Strange agree. is still gross more than the no pest, but that, that'll, oh, oh, oh but yeah, but that will always be the case. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think my general take is like, I'm really excited to see where he takes it from here. I don't think we've even gotten close to what he's capable of. Um, I agree with that. And that's very and, cool to think. And that, and that's very exciting for us. So, uh, thank you for listening in everyone. Uh, I am Sam alongside me. I'm joined by the, um, person known as Corey Stillman, um, <laughs> my friend Dane and my friend Samir. So we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, look for us to actually make content from here on <laughs> out because we're all back in the States. Um, so we'll be back to our weekly slash bi-weekly cadence, uh, hopefully starting uh, next week. So thanks for listening, guys.